Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. To solar panels work in winter. Solar energy output in Australia throughout winter is surprisingly high in some cities. You can learn more about better solar energy at B Solar. Visit B.Solar to learn more. GLG Greenlife Group, leaders in property services and open space management at glgcorp.com. Welcome to the First Serve, your home of tennis. Good evening, everybody. Welcome along. Monday night, the first serve. We elevate up the order a little bit. It is an extended show tonight because we have one major left. The US Open coming out of Flushing Meadows, New York, in the next, uh, what about, next six and a half hours. It'll get underway in the very early hours of uh, Tuesday morning. Brett Phillips uh, back for another week and get involved tonight. Anything you want to have a chat about, we'd love your thoughts on the US Open to really set up how it's going to look over the next uh, fortnight. one 736 736 if you want to join the conversation. Also, you can get on the uh, Tennis Direct text tonight. You can file those through. Uh, 0433 98 11 16. Tennis Direct, they are Australia's favourite online tennis store. They've got fast delivery. You can order, shop while you listen at the same time tonight. You'll get that 10% discount. TennisDirect.com.au. Use the promo code FIRSTSERVE10. It's great to have the big man back in town. Sam Groth, welcome back to the first serve. BP, good to be here. It's been a minute. I tell you what, nice to be able to get in here, talk a little bit of tennis and <laughs> set things up for the last Grand Slam of the year. It's nice to not actually be working. Yeah, I'd love to be working. We worked the first three slams yep. of the year yep. on the TV side of things, but it's nice to come in and talk a little bit about it and... Yeah, I'm under the pump at home, so it's nice to have a, a little bit of break from the from the late nights. How are the twins uh, going, by the way? No, they're going very, very well. You, you, it's um, been a big year. It, it certainly has. I tell you, it, it's one of the, uh, if there's a positive to take out of some sort of a lockdown, it's the fact that I've been able to help my wife a little bit at home, but I've left her under the pump tonight, the extra half an hour we've got. <laughs> don't know how impressed she, she is about it. But you might she... be getting a text shortly. <laughs> Sammy, get home. You don't want to talk about Toby Green, do you? No, uh, no, especially after the weekend. I tell you, I was so shattered. I was thinking of you. My boys, I was, I was, thinking I, was I was filthy. I tell you, oh. not, at, not at the guys. I mean, great season yeah. from, from my boys up there in Sydney, but um, yeah, the last quarter, I can't believe we lost that. It was hard to watch, wasn't yeah. it? It was hard it was. to watch. Uh, footy season done for the Swannies, but uh, good things to come. They've been terrific to watch uh, this year. Now, Grothy, when I mention US Open... Uh, what what do you think of immediately before we drill down on your own personal uh, performances there? What do you think of when you think US Open? Uh, it's big, it's loud, <laughs> it's hot, it's humid. Yep. Um, you know, it, it's it's everything that you would expect from New York City in a tennis tournament. You know, they, they do New York very well at the US Open. You know, you stay in Manhattan, you take the long car trips out in the traffic out into Queens. You know. Arthur Ashe Stadium, it's massive. I mean, you've Huge. I've stood on that court and tried to hit balls out of the stadium before they made the renovations. It's impossible. It's now got a roof. I mean, it, it definitely is very American. It is. And, you know, when, when you watched it on TV for so many years, you would think those people sitting in the bleachers on Arthur Ashe, what sort of view is that? And when I went there for the first time, I went through a little secret corridor up to the top. It's where the security guards uh, stand. They let you just sort of stand and... I hovered there for an hour, just looking right over the top of the court. It was fantastic to watch tennis from that elevation because you see all the angles. You you just see it um, from a, a great vantage point. You and need good eyesight, though. You do, and then you got the uh, you know the the skyline of New York City. You can see there through the gap uh, while the roof's now been uh, put on, and yeah, it's something else. I mean, it's it's never quiet, is it? I mean, the corporates are down sort of on level two, and a lot of them have got their back turning to the tennis, and they're having a great day out and. The chair umpire works overtime was, at the US Open. It was the big adjustment, wasn't it, when they first put the roof on? Because you never, ever, ever get Arthur Ashe Stadium quiet. There's always that low murmur of noise, and it was something that the players had to get used to the first year they actually put the roof on that court. 
All right, I'm going to go back. Let's let's test your knowledge. So okay. main draw, 2014-2015. Yep. It was the first match you played, 214. Uh, Ramos. Um, I remember I cramped two sets to love up. Um, and then I swung for the hills, got a break of serve and got through him. 6-3, 7-6, Yep, yep. And then and then Roger. the date yeah. with Roger <laughs> Federer. So what we're going to do here, because this is not great for radio, <laughs> but we're going to take you back inside uh, Arthur Ashe Stadium. So it's uh, it's a, a big point uh, going on here, and uh, you went down in the end four, four, and four. So it was. I thought I was a chance of losing love, love, and love. I was that tight. It was a good performance, and there was a great point that you both uh, played, and then Roger came up with a lob, which we can take you inside. Let's just feed this in uh, DMG underneath us uh, here. So here we go. Rally unfolding on Arthur Ashe and the crowd. Lo- they love Roger, don't they? Oh, they certainly do. And I remember he got into the net. I was behind. Here we go. It's building. <laughs> and then Roger gets his crowd into a frenzy. Rothy's going toe-to-toe. He's stretching into the quarters. And then Roger comes up oh. with a big lob. And the crowd says, wow. And there's a bit of commentary to come towards uh, the end Smiling. here. Is it a smile or is it just kind of... Yeah, I'm, just, I'm pleased. That was in reference <laughs> to Severin Luthi, the coach of As Jimmy Connors Rogers. once said, give them what they paid for. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, he was too. I mean, it was uh, it was electric. Friday night, New York City. I remember Will Ferrell was sitting in the stands as yep. well. And yep. um, my whole team at that stage, we, everyone for some reason ended up wearing black and all had their beards. And they were calling you know, my coach and, and the group that was there with me, they were calling them the Legion of Doom. So they really got behind me that night in New York. It was nice. It would have been nice to, to get a few more games on the board. What, what do you remember? We have actually discussed this before on air, but for those that haven't um, ever heard us talk about it, so you're playing Roger. You must be thinking in the lead-up, wow, I'm playing one of the greatest of all time and one of the biggest stadium, the biggest capacity stadium in tennis, the build-up. Yeah, I mean, I mean, for me, it was it was a really good summer um, through that Wimbledon period. I got myself into the top 100 for the first time, so I got automatic entry into the US Open for the very first time into the main draw. And then, you know, you, you win your first round, great, and you, you find out you're playing Roger and it's night match on Friday night. And it's what you want to play. Yep. Um, you do, you know, you walk out onto the court and a, and a nothing question from Brad Gilbert in the tunnel, which you know, they just do it for TV for <laughs> ESPN over there. And you know, there's no point to it. And I remember just walking out and I was so nervous. And my coach said to me, you know, it didn't look too nervous. And I won the toss and I ran back and I went to feed the first ball, the warm up, and yeah. it went past Roger at shoulder height and hit the, <laughs> hit the back wall. And everyone sort of just looked around. But, you know, it, it's where you want to be. And it was my first experience, really, of one of those huge center courts. Mm. So the following year you returned, 215, yep. first round. Dogopolov. Yep. And what happened? He had to uh, uh When I started winning, he decided he wanted out. He, he had a little bit of that in him at times, Dogopolov. Mm. was super talented, but he had a break, I think, in the third set. Yep. Um, and ended up winning it. And he you did, 7-5. Pulled, pulled it was hot. I mean, you play on those outside courts in the daytime there with the sun coming down, and it's humid and it's hot, and he just pulled the ripcord and didn't want any more of it. Uh, four, six, six, one, seven, five. then retired. Then you took on the 26 seed. Yeah, Rob Rado. That was a tight match. Yeah, and he was he was at that stage playing some really good tennis. I mean, he did for a long, long time, and it was, again, it was, it was, it was pretty brutal, and I think I had some opportunities maybe in the second set. I can't remember what the score was, but there was definitely one of the sets I had some chances, but just didn't really take them, and... I'd lost to him once before as well in China, and it just, yeah, probably one that I let slip a little bit. Tommy Roberato, is he still uh, active? Yeah, I think so. Just? Yeah, yes, somehow. 30, yeah, it's incredible. Late 30s now, Tommy yeah. Roberato, but a man who had a pretty good ranking. So uh, that's Grothy's experience at the US Open. So the weather in New York this week, opening day, we're looking at about 30 degrees, but it's at 74% yeah. humidity. That is the killer in New York. And then we're looking at... Uh, some rain throughout the first uh, few days, which is not uncommon at the US Open. No, when it's that humid, you get those sort of storms that, that drift through. I tell you what, there's some serious storms going on in the US at the moment, so hopefully it doesn't get that bad. <laughs> no, well, we feel for the people in uh, yeah. Louisiana right now. So I want to take you back. So there's a few milestones we're going to uh, touch on uh, tonight, but I want to go back further, Grothy, and that's to uh, when you are uh, just a wee tacker <laughs> in 1991 and the great Jimmy Connors, 39 years of age. His resume speaks for itself. So he gets the wild card, and his overall record in New York was 98-17 win-loss. 84-18 at Wimbledon. Didn't go to the French as much. 
53 times, 40-13. You know, he only came and won, played 12 matches in Australia, which is phenomenal for it's, a guy. It's ridiculous, isn't it? The way when you look back and you see that guys never used to come out here or, you know, they'd skip a tournament. It's unheard of. It's incredible. Uh, and, and the timing didn't always quite work for the Americans too. We're going back to the Kuyong days. But this, I've never seen a crowd whipped into a frenzy like this for Jimmy Connor. So fourth round, he gets through to the fourth round, plays Aaron Crickstein, one in five. Now, they had a pretty tight relationship and then had a big falling out. And I don't think they've spoken. No, they haven't. On the back of it. There's a few tocos, I think. Maybe one of those like yeah. 30 for 30 sort of style ones. There's a bit, I've seen a few things on this and... You didn't go down. I don't. Th- you're right. I don't think they've ever spoken. No, because Crickstein was an up and comer. Yep. Jimmy was in the veteran category, and they'd sort of formed a bit of a bond. But that got broken. Quarter final, plays Paul Hahus lost the first set, and here it is. Let's play a little bit of the audio underneath again. So here it is. Break point thirty forty on the Hahus serve. He's won the first set six four. So Jimmy's fighting for his life to get this to a a set of pieces. Lee, just feed this in. Here we go. Jimmy Connors up against Paul Harhus, 1991 US Open. <laughs> so <laughs> he put up three lobs and Jimmy got them all back. And he's gone cross court with the forehand, lunging volley from Harhus. And then Jimmy's gone up the line. And look at this crowd. This ovation went for about three or four minutes and Jimmy's double fist pumping. I mean, he almost knocked himself out, Grothy. It's amazing, isn't it? I know we have, you know, the huge superstars that we have now, but do we have players that can whip a crowd into a frenzy like that? I mean, I'm sure there's people listening who have their favourites that they love to go watch or they think there's players now, but you don't see or hear this as much anymore. You have the things that Roger and Rafa and Novak can do on the men's side, but... They don't have, we don't have the players that can whip them into a frenzy like this, do we? No, it was, uh, it was incredible. I'll never forget that. And, you know, at the time, how old was I? I was, uh, well, 17 at the time. And, you know, you're up all hours watching the US Open and you wanted to see a guy. It's a bit like, you know, you wanted to see Roger have a yeah. great run now uh, or Serena maybe, you know, win it, but that's uh, getting almost to the impossible task. So he wins that 4 6 7 6, six 4 6 2, then play Jim Courier. Uh, in the semi-final, and well, he was cooked uh, by then. Jimmy <laughs> went down three, three, and two, but that is one of the great memories of the U.S. Open. Yeah, I mean, and you take that as the example, isn't it? And you think about a guy you just mentioned there. I mean, unbelievable what he was able to do and get through to that stage. But as you get older, the body doesn't hold up; it gets harder and harder to put it later in tournaments. And the way the physical game is now. You, know, you talk about a player who's currently not going to play the US Open and there's some big names missing yep. when we head into this week's tournament. You know, On the men's side, you're missing Roger, who's the one I'm referring to. It's going to get harder and harder for him. Mm. We've got no Rafa with his foot problem. Dominic Team's out with a wrist. And yep. then you go on the women's side, neither of the Williams sisters. You mentioned Serena there. Is she able to win another one? Well, no. no. Well, that's been my opinion for, for a little while now. Um, but she's missing. Venus is missing. Sophia yeah. Kennan's out with a COVID uh, positive test, even yeah. though she was double vaccinated. Mm. Um, you know, th- there's certainly some opportunities in the draw. No doubt. So that's a little scene setter to get us going. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back and look at the big two storylines of the next fortnight. That's Ash Barty from an Australian perspective and Novak Djokovic trying to win the calendar slam. We've got copies of the Australian Tennis Magazine to give away uh, tonight. So if you want to join the discussion, US Open preview tonight, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. And we'll get to a few on the text after the break as well. The first serve are off and running. Better solar, better batteries, better energy. With B-Solar, you'll never have to pay another expensive electricity bill. Talk with a B-Solar advisor. Visit b.solar to learn more. GLG Greenlife Group, leaders in property services and open space management at glgcorp.com. The First Serve, your home of tennis. Welcome back to the First Serve, an extended edition tonight as we get set for the final major of the year, the US Open. We'll have plenty of updates right across all the programs over the next fortnight. You can follow us at thefirstserve.com.au. All our socials will be tracking every single Australian uh, singles, uh, doubles, mixed doubles across the fortnight and so many stories to tell. Grothy, there's quite a few texts uh, coming through. Do you want to, you're in charge of the uh, Tennis Direct uh, text tonight, 0433981116. A couple jumping off the screen there for you. Yeah, just someone's... Uh, so Mario's saying watching Connors wave his tennis racket like he was in a sword fight was one of the greatest sights he's ever seen in tennis. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy, I love Jimmy. And then Dean's 
something we're going to touch on now, two really big stories, but unless he falls over and breaks something, Novak Djokovic will win easily and yep. it's Barty's time again. And I like this though, from Chops in Cheltenham. If Nick Kyrgios wins a singles major, I'll walk down Ligon Street wearing nothing but a Pat Cash headband. So I don't know if I like what I'll see, but I like the thought. Yeah, I think it pretty much sums it up. <laughs> yeah. That uh, Nick Kyrgios has been as much chance right now of winning a major as uh, Fitzroy's got of coming back uh, into the uh, AFL competition. But we'll get to Nick a little bit later on. Before we get into uh, Ash and Novak, uh, let, let's recognise, we talked about Jimmy Connors 30 years ago. It was 20 years ago that uh, Leighton Hewitt, as a 20-year-old, defeated a 30-year-old Pete Sampras to win the US Open. And, of course, he... Um, Beat uh, Andy Roddick in the quarterfinals. Uh, went on to play Evgeny Kafelnikov, won that easily. But he's a bit of late and just reflecting with Todd Woodbridge over the weekend, uh, going back to that magnificent milestone. It's hard to believe it's been 20 years, to be honest. For me, it's a special time. I came into the US Open that year, I think seeded number four coming in, but didn't have the highest of expectations, I guess. You know, it was really just trying to focus on my first round match and, and not focus on actually going deep into the tournament. I'd made the semifinals the year before and lost to Pete Sampras in a pretty close three-set match, actually. So that gave me a lot of confidence. I felt really comfortable on the US Open hard courts there as well. The, the pace and the surface suited my game. And, and I'd won the doubles uh, the, the previous year in 2000 as well. So I'd, I felt like I'd played a lot of big matches in New York, in Flushing Meadows. So I was quietly confident going in, but it was really just trying to navigate my way through the first week. Round of 16, Tommy Haas, and that gave me the opportunity to play Andy Roddick in the quarters. And, and those two matches back-to-back were against really tough opponents, and I knew I had to step up against Andy. Uh, he was the crowd favourite at that time. And he was the young American on the rise. He'd had a lot of big wins. You know, it was pitched as this next-generation classic match, and, and that's what it lived up to uh, under the lights at Flushing Meadows. There was only one or two points in it in the end. It could have gone either way. But for me, I, I love playing in those situations situations as well where you know the whole crowd's against you but it is a great atmosphere and for me it, it just kept my focus the whole match and I was able to find a way in the end and and I guess uh, that really gave me the belief going into the semi-final if I could get my body to recover well enough and and at the age of 20 that's a lot easier to do than 20 years later so um, I felt like once I could do that do the recovery process well I was in really good shape because I had the confidence and the belief in how I was uh, my ball striking at that stage of the tournament. So to pick up the script from there because because that was a huge, uh, huge quarterfinal against uh, Roddick. I mean, beating someone of Roddick's ilk on his home soil with a pro-American crowd behind him, it was it was brilliant. And then he goes on to beat Kafelnikov 1-2-1 one, and one, and then beats the great Pete Sampras 7-6, seven, 6-1, six, six, one, six, one. So he recovered beautifully in the tennis down the straight to win the major at 20 years of age, Grothy. Well, and I think it was... Against Sampras, and, and I've had the chance to speak to Leighton about this over time, but yep. he just knew where Sampras was going to serve. People couldn't pick Pete's serve, but Leighton mm. just had it on a string. He was returning unbelievably well and absolutely picked him apart that day. To, and to do it in that sort of fashion, again, in front of a of, you know pro-American crowd, I mean, unbelievable. It was uh, phenomenal. So 20 years since Leighton Hewitt, uh, her time has uh, gone fairly uh, quickly. And it's been a decade since Sam Stoza won the US Open. And she will play, this time, her 68th career Grand Slam main draw, which is the most of any Australian in the history of tennis, which is quite phenomenal. That stat uh, I wasn't totally aware of. But the longevity of Sam Stoza, she beat... Serena Williams, I mean, that is something else. It was the 10th anniversary of uh, 9-11. It was a pro-American crowd. Serena was at her absolute peak at the time and uh, Sam reflecting with Todd across the weekend. I can't believe it's 10 years ago. Some memories are like they happened yesterday and some I wish I could go back and actually experience it again because things just happen very quickly in moments like that. But it's, I mean, it's always exciting to be back in New York City. And, you know, there were so many elements to that week that were good, challenging, bunch of different adverse things happened. and But mostly, obviously, just playing good tennis shines through uh, more than anything. Huge match for me. It was only my second Grand Slam final compared to what Serena had been in. But for some reason, I, I, I've obviously felt very composed. I felt like I was 
you know, had a very good chance of winning. I'd played Serena in the final at Toronto just a couple of weeks before and she beat me there. I think it was four and four, but was very clear on what I wanted to do. Dave and I had a, a very clear game plan on what to obviously keep doing and a couple of things to change. And I just went out there and I was feeling good and, and absolutely fully believed that I could win that match. The first match point I had had a bit of a longer rally. I just remember my legs were like, shaking it felt like jelly I actually don't even know how I got to the balls and then saved one with a, a smash and then I just remember that the, the one that I ended up winning it on once I knew that I was going to get a second serve to return knew whether her serve was going to go and I just said I am hitting another off forehand and it wasn't the only off forehand return winner I hit for the match so I'd been hitting it kind of all day and I just there was absolutely no doubt in my mind that that's what I was going to hit on that shot she absolutely creamed that forehand uh, Grothy. I mean, that off forehand is a beautiful shot to watch. And as she said, um, you know, it's not like the first time she'd executed it in that match. And, but just the finish that way against uh, someone of Serena Zilk, who'd had her sort of run-ins with the, uh, uh, oh, the, it was a lot, wasn't the it? umpires during that match. Yeah, what threatened to, oh, I don't want to go there, yeah. shove a ball down. Her. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't one of her finest no, moments. Well, she's had a few. Yep. Um, Hasn't been kind to her in New York. She's going to be missing this year. But, you know, for Sam, and we mentioned it on the show last week after she won the doubles in Cincinnati just recently, that when you get out a piece of paper and you start writing down all the stats of Sam Stoes' yeah. career, it, it stacks up. And and I reckon I've been guilty at times, Gothy, of maybe being a little too negative of here in Australia. I think but, that's the problem, though, is, is that the performances at home in the single side of things probably have never quite matched up to the expectations that we've had on her, especially being our number one for so, so long and yep. after she won that title in New York and a final, the French open. Um, but when you're right, when you start to put them all on paper, she's had an incredible career and you know, who knows with, with her daughter now uh, having been bored this year, how long she's got left. Yep. Um, but you know, it's just soak it up while you can. She wouldn't it be great. I mean, singles, I think we can safely say is, is well behind yeah. her now. She's got Condivate first round. So that's going to be tough, but she wouldn't it be great to see if she could pinch one more grand slam doubles trophy and her and Zheng Shui, they're in good form when they come together. They, uh, they like playing with each other and they've got, uh, really good synergy out there, and, and who knows? Yeah, I mean, why not? Why not for Sam? Why not? We've got some Aussies to come, don't we? We've got some huge names, a good, really good Aussie contingent at yep. the US Open this year. Sam's just 12. one of those on the women's side, one of five, seven on the men's side. Yep. Um, you know, and I'm looking forward to the next two weeks. It's going to be good. We're going to pull all that apart after uh, 7 o'clock. So I'll go through the Aussie matchups. We'll have a good look at Ash and the storyline of Novak and their path over the next uh, fortnight. And uh, we're also going to just try and identify a few players, not necessarily to win the tournament, who might just have a bit of a withering run that you least expect. Because some names have popped up this year that we wouldn't have thought would be in the second week of a Grand Slam. Uh, plenty to come. Your calls, welcome. one three hundred seven three six seven three six 736 736 or 04-33-98-11-16 on the text. Solar panels work in winter. Solar energy output in Australia throughout winter is surprisingly high in some cities. You can learn more about better solar energy at B-Solar. Visit b.solar to learn more. GLG Green Life Group. Leaders in property services and open space management at glgcorp.com. Welcome to the First Serve, your home of tennis. Our US Open preview show tonight. Great to have you with us right across uh, the network, the SCN app, wherever you might be tuning in around Australia. Brett Phillips, and uh, great to have Sam Groth alongside me tonight, who played the game at the highest level. He's been in New York. He's experienced at Arthur Ashe Stadium. And it's Mario from Maslin Beach, South Australia, has texted in Groth. He loved watching Sam Groth rumble around the courts like a V8 Valiant Charger. It's not exactly <laughs> making me sound very glamorous, is it? It's, yeah, it's a bit bit of how I was, though, wasn't it? Well, hopefully it's full of power. and Some good know. highlights on YouTube. Yeah. There's some good highlights. A few, few good racket breaks out there, too, I tell oh, you. I still have nightmares over the 1984 US Open semi-final Cash v Lendl. I'm going to have to go back and think about that. I mean, they, they, had, uh, they had a rivalry. They had some... Uh, some big matches. Ivan Lindel, uh, fascinating career. I'm nervous about Barty's first match. It's a danger match from uh, Christian. So, perfect little segue, Grothy, and uh, looking at the two big storylines for me over the next fortnight. Ash Barty, the world number one, trying to win three of the four majors. She's had an incredible year here in her team. And then we'll talk about Novak uh, Djokovic. But just before we get into Barty, 
and have a look at her path. Uh, let's hear from Ash uh, speaking. Of course, a media day, all the players step up and give us their inner thoughts ahead of uh, a Grand Slam. Here's Ash Barty. Not too dissimilar to, to Cincinnati, I found. I think there's obviously a little bit more humidity here in New York, so it changes the way that the ball kind of flies through the air a fraction and just how long it stays in your racket. But the, the similarities are, are there. Like the, there's, There are a lot of things that feel similar and the, the courts are a little bit different. The practice courts obviously play different to the match courts purely because they've had more traffic on them. There aren't any tricks or any gremlins in these courts. Pretty much what you see is what you get and you have to be able to play in those conditions and you have to adjust and adapt to those conditions quickly otherwise uh, you're out of the tournament and you're, you're packing your bags going home so I think for us it's everything remains the same in a sense of we prepare as best that we can for our first round tactically against the opponent that we're going to play and and we go out there and try and execute. For me it's, it's keeping it simple uh, it's, it's enjoying my tennis it's going out there and playing with freedom uh, it's being really clear with tactically how I want to play and and then it just comes down to execution some days I'm going to be able to execute better than others and and some days I'm going to have to go into into the toolbox a little bit and try some different things and, and rely on different things in my game but I think knowing that I have the confidence to to go out there and trust myself is is massive. The bubbles for me were, were very new this year. It was something I'd never experienced before. Can't see a massive, massive advantage of of not playing on the tour for seven or eight months. That's That was obviously something new and a different thing that I experienced knowing that there was a tour going ahead and I was at home but I was completely okay with that. That was my decision. I felt like I made the decision for the right reason for me and, and that's all that mattered and I think each and every person on this tour is unique. They make their own decisions and, and that's kind of all there is to it. I've become more accustomed to them now. It's it's more of the norm and, and I think everyone on the tour now is, is really used to it. It's become such a beautiful story for me this year. It's become such a, a beautiful year on the tennis court and, and all of those distractions, experiences, everything that's come with it has made it all the better. And I think once our year is over, I think it'll be my team that's with me here, my team back in Australia for all of us to come together and celebrate because it, it's been an, an incredible year. So Ash Barty setting the scene, Grothy, for the next fortnight. I'm let you pull apart uh, what's ahead of her here. So as we got on the text there from Christian, I'm worried about her first round. So she plays Vera. No, no not a worry. Zvonna Rover. I wouldn't think so. 36 years of age. Yeah. A long time ago since Vera's been at her peak. Uh, two Grand Slam finals. Two thousand ten. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a long time ago now. 36. It's going to be tough, I think. Um I think for Ash, she's really come into this tournament and she sort of tapered herself well. She obviously won the title at Wimbledon, goes away, rushes over to Tokyo, stays outside of the village. Look, she had to go. Um, yep. You know, it's the Olympic Games, but mm. it's probably not ideal. Coming off what happened in Paris, a quick turnaround to Wimbledon, transition from grass to hard court is tough. You go into that environment, you fly to Asia... Um, I don't think she was quite ready to go yeah. at the Olympics, but understandably. Then takes a little break, comes to Cincinnati, wins her fifth title of the year, doesn't drop a set. Great week. I mean, incredible tournament. And yep. all the previews now in the lead-up to the US Open, you mentioned the media day where she was speaking. Well, the way the women's tour sees her now is the most consistent performer by far. Yep. She is the player right now that, yes, she doesn't have, for example, when Serena was dominant, the ability to, to blow an opponent off the court like Serena can, mm. but her consistency of performance is so far ahead of the rest of the field, especially with what Naomi Osaka is going through at the moment. She probably is a long way off her best tennis Absolutely. because of all the other distraction that, yeah. you know, for whatever reason, obviously we know about the mental health struggles and you know, maybe she could have handled it a little bit differently and maybe not brought such attention to the situation. But yep. the way the two is playing out right now, Ash is by far the favourite on the women's side and the rest of the draw knows it. But it also puts a level of pressure on Ash Barty as she comes into this event. It does. And I think I've said a few times in the last couple of weeks, Grothy, I think this is no doubt her best opportunity with her own form, what's going on around her, 40 match wins this year, five titles, Wimbledon winner. She's won on different surfaces. Uh, her and her team have been away, but they're a great team, aren't they? Craig Tizer and Mel, the physio, who's with a lot of the Aussie players. And then, you know, Gary, her partner's joined her um, uh, for, uh, you know, the extended part now of the trip. And, and now we learn, what, over the weekend, the Billie Jean King Cup's going to be on uh, later in the year in November. So who knows when she's going to be uh, back. So it's a long stretch. She loves family and those close to her. Her manager's based in Australia, Nikki. So they're doing a mighty job. But it's it's that team around her. And that to put the value on that is probably really hard to measure it totally. But it's got to be worth a hell of a lot. Yeah, and she always speaks of the we. 
Um, and I think it helps her sort of handle some of that pressure, almost dilutes it a little bit amongst the team. Um, but in the end, she's the one that's got to go out and perform. And I know you're across the draw as well. But as I, as I look through what she's got to get through, I, I think, you know, in the fourth round is, is where, for me, um, or the quarters, are, are there some, there's a few names in there when, when you look through that you start to maybe think. You know, Jennifer Brady, obviously, mm. for me, ha, ha, is a great hardcore player and playing at home. And then yep. you put in there also Belinda Bencic, um, the number 11 seed in New York, who comes off you know an incredible run at the Olympics. Um, you know, for Ash, <laughs> I don't know. When I look through the draw, I don't see a lot of names, especially on her side of the draw, that I, I yep. think are huge threats. And when you hear that stuff there... That and talk about consistency on the court. There's consistency in the message every time she steps up to a microphone. Before she opens her mouth, Grotha, you know what she's going to basically trot out. Yep. And it comes down to the E word, the E word, and that's execution. Because she internally, no doubt, is pretty confident about what she's doing out there. And maybe Wimbledon's given her some real validation. I'm not just a one uh, uh, slam wonder. I've now won two. Who knows what I can go on to achieve here. But tennis players can, sports people can have an off day. Well, and that's the thing. Tokyo, yeah. she had an off day. Yeah, and that, and that's probably the only, I, I literally wrote here, when we're going to talk about it, I don't believe that anyone can challenge her. It would take her having quite an off day. Yeah. That, that's how I would sum up how Ash, unless you get someone like an Osaka comes out and has an absolute ball striking day, maybe a Sabalenka has an absolute ball striking day, mm. but in terms of consistency of performance, but I guess it is that, isn't it? It's, it's a one-on-one battle on the day. So maybe someone has a day out or she has an off day, but otherwise her performance is so good right now. It is. Uh, I mean, the serve is brilliant. The, the forehand, we always talk about the slice backhand. I mean, just every part of it and her ability to reset and strategically think of way through her IQ out there. I mean, she can get herself out of trouble. Uh, she, you know, she said, I don't know if we, that was part of that grab there, but you know, she goes to the toolbox as she <laughs> refers to uh, pull out a few things that she might need. Yeah, I mean, she's pretty she's deep fa- toolbox. She's fairly, yeah, she's fairly <laughs> complete right now, that's for sure. So we, we feel uh, we don't want to, you know, we don't want to be overconfident because uh, one game at a time. Zwana Raver first, maybe a Clara Towson in the second round. I'm a big fan of this young girl. Won the juniors in Australia a couple of years ago inside the top 100. She's rising. Uh, but, yeah, that, it gets to that sort of interesting fourth round. Brady, uh, Mukova's up there as well yeah. on that side of the draw who we don't want to think back to the Australian no, Open. No, no, no. I, I wasn't even going to mention it. <laughs> um, but, no, I mean, and then you talk, you know, Shviontek, mm. Benchich. Oh, look... I don't think Andrescu's a big seed in her half. I don't think she's playing good enough tennis to no. trouble Ash. You know, she's really struggled. She's trying to find her mojo again. Yeah, just she? hasn't been could... able to. But I think that's a little bit of the story on the WTA tour right yeah. now is is who can find their mojo. And at the moment, you know, there's been a couple of unknowns and we'll, and we'll get to a few of the people that we think a bit later on the show who, who can mm. maybe take a run. But, yep. you know, the, the Halep's been out and she's got a big first-round matchup against Camilla Georgie who oh. comes through and wins in Canada out of nowhere. And there's maybe a name that you've got to throw uh. in. No, I know. Well, I don't want to... I'll keep my powder dry a little bit. I'll be on the list a little bit later on. I'm a Georgie fan when she's actually keeping it inside the tram lines, which is uh, not always the case. All right, so that that is Ash. You can weigh in on that. What do you think over the next fortnight? 1-300-736-736 or on the text 0433-98-1116. Let's get on to Novak. So... He has the situation in Tokyo where it it goes pear-shaped. What a year. I mean, it's just a strange year that he's had. Yeah. I mean, everything we see of Novak is sort of, there's a pattern there, this uh, period of invincibility, mm-hmm. and then it can just get the wobbles. It's like an earthquake. You know, it can just sort of go pear-shaped for a little bit, and there's a meltdown, and there's just a, a bad day at the office. Um, and you'll never, you'll never you know, get everyone to warm to him. You'll polarise, and people will judge him. I mean, the worst thing, it's not the worst thing to, to throw a racket. If that's the worst no. thing, he just shows his behaviour in a different way to Roger and Rafa. So there's always that direct comparison, but I can see why people don't totally warm to him. He won't necessarily have the crowd grothy in his corner the next fortnight, but he's trying to do something that is one of the toughest things to do in tennis. No, I mean, a lot of the, what you mentioned there, I've been openly critical of, of a lot of stuff that Novak does off the court, but on the court, I, I am a huge fan of what he does. I mean, he is an incredible tennis player. You've got no Rafa, no Roger, so the two guys that he's trying to get past in the, the race to the most number of Grand Slams are not in this event. The defending champion is not in this event. Mm. He comes in, he's won all three slams this year. Uh, he's been challenged at times. He, he come back from two sets to love down at times in, in a couple of those tournaments. 
but when I talk about it, it's been a strange year. I mean, zero Masters 1000s title. So yep. there's been a huge focus around the Grand Slams. Yep. Um, goes to the Olympics uh, after Wimbledon. And, and for me, it was quite a disappointment for me from Novak. He didn't play well mm. in singles. Mm. Um, bowed out, loses the bronze medal playoff in singles. And then I thought he did his brand and image a huge disservice by not taking the court in the yeah. bronze medal match in the mixed. Absolutely. It obviously worked out well for, for John Pierce and Ash Barty yeah. who take away a bronze medal. But I think that's a terrible look for, from a guy who is going to go down as a man who holds the most grand slams. He's going to break this record. There is no doubt about it in my mind. He's going to, yep. at some point, if it's not the US Open, which I believe it will be, mm. he's going to move to 21 and beyond. But he did himself a real disservice by not finishing the Olympics because... Now, look, I don't know the circumstances, but what seemed like a temper tantrum by not playing the mixed doubles. Well, it's funny, his team had said, don't play all, and he played yeah. everything. Yeah. And then you feel for young Nina Stojanovic, who, no. a bit like Monica Poy going back to Rio, who might have had her one big moment, she's never going to set the uh, tour alight and win a Grand Slam or any big significant events, and here she's got a chance yeah. to win something in her life. Yeah, no, nah, so that, that for me, and then... So you come into this event and you think, well, who who can beat Novak over five sets? Now, you look back to last year at the US Open, no one had to beat him. He had a meltdown. And, and I think at the moment, you know, there's players who are in form. I, I think you think of a, a Medvedev. I don't believe that he can beat Novak over five sets in New York. I don't, mm. even though he won, you know, the, the Canadian Open, the Masters yep. 1000 event. Yep. I think personally Zvera is probably the best chance just because of the weapons that he has in his game. Um, you know, if he serves on and he, and he sorted that out and he seems to be finding good form. He's doing a good job to block out a lot of stuff oh, going on off court. It's rubbish, but it shouldn't... It, look, if, if it, the stuff is true, it needs to be dealt with, but it just seems to rear its head right when um, Alexander gets on a little bit of a run. But and it's I, all sort of corresponded the last 12 months when he's played some great tennis. Yeah. It seems like he's been able to sort of... Uh, that, okay, I'm dealing with that, but... It hasn't really derailed his oh, tennis. And look, and I, I, I probably phrase that. I think that if if that stuff emerges and ends up being true, then it should be dealt with yep. in the appropriate way. Mm. But I think at the moment it's a little bit of a witch hunt for me, the way it's being presented yep. uh, in the media. And, I mean, people can go and do their own research on that and make their own... Um, judgments, but I, I think for Zverev, you're right. He, he's the biggest threat. I think he's he's handling things well. He wins in Cincinnati. He wins the gold medal at the Olympic Games. Um, so that could be the semi-final uh, matchup potentially. Yeah. So round one, he's playing uh, the man with four names. We're going to shorten. We actually got him to pronounce his own name on the show. I think it was a couple of weeks ago. Holger Rune. Yeah, it's Holger Vitas Rotskos Rune. He's <laughs> been the world number one junior this year. He's qualified. He's the best 18 year old behind Elcaraz. We know the young Spaniard inside the top 100. He's playing. Great Great tennis. That's a huge stage for him to go on Arthur Ashe. Then likely a Struff. Um, and then you've got maybe a Nishikori or a Goffan. That could go either way. Uh, Karatsev potentially if he has another run. Uh, Berrettini, uh, Zverev. And then it's whether it's a Medvedev, Tsitsipas on the other side of the draw. Yeah, I mean... It's just five sets against Novak. It's so tough. Yeah, it's the toughest I mean, And then this is the thing. But I, I think also it, it's a little bit like what we spoke about with Ash is there is pressure on Novak this time. So it's all history. It's that argument of, of being the greatest. Now, if he goes and moves to 21, people say, well, you know, he's the greatest. If he goes to 21 on the back of winning all four in one year, yep. then there is no argument for me. I mean, that is ridiculous to do in this day and age with how physical the game is and how mm. tough it is at the top. If he does that... It's next level. Yep. I just get a feeling, it's only a hunch, and he's the man to beat. I just get a feeling something is going to unravel in New York in the yeah. next uh, two weeks. And Pressure's a funny thing, BP. Like, it, it pressure makes people do funny things and, and storylines pop up. And These young guys, these next three, very... Um, Medvedev, Tsitsipas, they're hungry. They're, they're getting closer. They're making I, uh, finals. Do, that... do you know what's funny, though? I actually think that Tsitsipas has come off a little bit since what happened in Paris. I, I think that affected him quite a lot. And we know he lost yep. his grandmother right before that final. And, mm. But I just I just feel like now, I don't know, his game doesn't worry me. When I talk about him going into a matchup against a Novak, it doesn't worry me like it does 
the likes of Zverev worrying Novak yep. or Medvedev worrying Novak. I don't know. That's just my feeling right now. Well, that's a look ahead to two big storylines. We'll come back after the break. So we're going to look at just some of the matchups in uh, the opening round that jump off the page, and then we'll try and give you a couple that uh, might have a little bit of a run over the next uh, fortnight. one 736 736 All thanks to Yonex, celebrating 75 years performance product crafted in Japan. You can check out their latest range at yonex.com. You're listening to the first serve, our US Open preview edition. Better solar, better batteries, better energy. With B-Solar, you'll never have to pay another expensive electricity bill. Talk with a B-Solar advisor. Visit b.solar to learn more. GLG Greenlight Group, leaders in property services and open space management at glgcorp.com. The first serve, your home of tennis. Great to be with us uh, Monday night. Uh, Brett Phillips and Sam Groth uh, alongside me. Uh, one 736 I dislocated my wrist after returning the serve to Sam on the Kia app and slipping over. No golf for three months after that. I got it back, though. I was wondering where that was going. Well, returning my serve. I thought I would have remembered that on the app. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't really make more sense, <laughs> but it makes more sense why I don't know it. Hey, Sam. Evo Kalovic is qualified at the age of 42. We're actually going to talk about it, Evo. And uh, there's a great article going up on our website uh, tonight at thefirstserve.com.au talking about uh, the doctor, the uh, final instalment of uh, Evo Kalovic. Now, you are the ripe old age of 33. <laughs> Come on, Grothy. I mean, you, you could have kept going. Nah, I was done. Mentally done. Maybe my body might have held up, but I mean, Evo, he's, he's one of the guys I had in a match to watch watch out for in the opening round because Indeed. he's not the sort of guy you want to see on the other side of the net with the ball jumping around in New York, that's for sure. 42, he's got through quality. So the question was, how did you go about facing your serve when you played him in 2014 at Delray Beach yeah, not, in Newport? Not very well. <laughs> I couldn't return. I couldn't return bad servers. Serves. How was I going to go against Evo? What do you reckon, uh, Evo and Andre Rublev? Yeah, I mean it, it's a tough one for Rublev. He wouldn't want to see. He's the sort of guy just because of the serve that he has. He can take matches out of your hands. He's he's going to go through patches where this is Andre Rublev, where he doesn't touch the ball at times, and he's just got to stay engaged. And we know he can get a little punchy, Rublev, mm. at times. And I think for him, with the summer he's had, the expectations starting to grow and grow and grow, but. Um, I think he'll win, but it's definitely one of those matchups that you don't really want to be a part of. No, let's run through a few. So I'm going to let you go first because we've uh, had a little task over the weekend. Just the ones that when you're scanning through, what, what jumps off the page? And uh, we'll see how close we match up here. Hmm. I, I'm going to leave the Aussies because we're going to touch on yep. them on, in, in a little bit. But yep. the the one for me was Rublev Karlovic. And then, of course, I think the big one on the men's side in the opening round is, is Andy Murray versus yep. Stefano Tsitsipas for me. Um you know, I just, right before that ad break, question whether Sitsipas had the, the tools to beat Novak at the moment and to be a real threat. I think he's going to be too good for Andy. Um, but I think it's great to see Andy Murray back out playing again. Yeah, no doubt. He's, uh, I mean, he's probably hanging by a three to Andy, but he is a warrior. Yeah, it's going to take a lot to get him off the tour. He still wants to play the game. He loves the game. What else you got, Grothy? No, not too much, to be honest. That's the only match. Well, I think I feel the Aussies <laughs> were the ones that, that for me... Um, that were jumping out, but I don't want to go into too much detail with them. I think Casper um, Root against Joe Wilfred Songer it could be Songer's mm. last ever yeah. US Open appearance. I mean, he's been yep. around for a long, long time, and you know, Casper's you know presenting himself this year as someone who's been been a real breakout, especially through the clay court swing. I think his transition onto faster courts has got to get a little better. Yep. Um, I think there's an All-American matchup between Isner and Nakashima. I had that written down. Yeah, I, I think it's... I like Big Brandon. He's been good form. He has, but, you know, I think John, again, another big server who plays really well in these sort of conditions. But if Nakashima wins, it almost becomes a little bit of a passing the, the torch moment in U.S. tennis because yeah. John's been that number one stalwart for them for so, so long. He has. Um, I also had Nori Elkares. Now, Cam Nori's had a great year. He has. And Elkares is just rising uh, thick and fast. I mean, he's he's well developed for his age, and he's strong and powerful. That is an interesting matchup for me. Uh, we touched on Rublev Karlovic, Korda uh, Bazalashvili. Yeah, it's a big hitting match. The Georgian can be anything, can't he? He can be erratic. He can be who on. Knows? And Seb Korda's had a terrific year. I mean, who honestly knows what's going to happen there? <laughs> because Bazalashvili could hit the court, or he could hit you know the other court. Yeah. Like, it's just. And I think Cordes really started to present himself, especially the run we saw at Wimbledon as someone over five sets who can put some really good tennis together. Yep. Um, Karen Kushinov against Lloyd Harris. Had that one. 
Um, Kushinov, I think, for me, is a dangerous one. Comes off a silver medal at the Olympics. Didn't really play well through the U.S. hardcourt swing. Mm. Um, Lloyd Harris beats Rafa in Washington. Um, we found out that Rafa's foot's not great. So, you know, how much you take out of that, I think, post that match. But um, it, it's two guys, again, who play a very, very similar game style that they both could potentially go on a little bit of a run. And I thought uh, – and he's past his best – Sam Query, with, is he still capable of having a day out? We saw it against Novak at Wimbledon a few years ago. So we talk about the accomplishments of Zverev and where he's placed right now. Yeah. So he, he's getting to the business end of slams. Uh, Query in the first round. It would have to be a huge day out for yeah. me. I mean, I, the serve and the forehand, I don't think he moves quite as well anymore to find the forehand in dangerous enough places. Um, you know, anything's possible, but I think Zverev, you know, I really think that he started to solidify himself and where his game's at now for sure. All right, let's jump across to the women, uh, Grothy, and some ones that uh, sort of jump off the page first round. Uh, there's a couple of really big ones on the women's side. So for me, Angeli Kerber against Yastremska. So yeah. Yastremska, drug ban, has all that time yep. away from tour. Kerber has almost reinvented herself throughout the summer. The only person she's lost to is Ash Barty. Mm. Um, so if you're talking about someone who's in pretty good form, um, Angelique Kerber, for me, Yastrems is not winning too many fans, fans out on the tour at the moment. Um, I'll skip the next one because I'm going to come back to that. This one, Madison Keys, Sloan Stevens. First round. Yeah. This was a US so, Open final well, four like, years ago. Two, two people who are amazing friends. Incredible. Um, what was it, 2017, yeah. the final? First year I went there. So they're, yeah. they're playing in the opening round. That's going to – was that opening proceedings on Arthur Ashe? It is the opening match, I'm pretty sure. Here we go. Yeah, yeah. 1 a.m. Uh, well, that'll be 2 a.m. tomorrow morning. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's a huge first round and probably a little unlucky for both of those women because both trying to sort of get themselves going back up the rankings a little bit. And in a tournament where they believe they'd be able to do quite well, to draw each other first round is is pretty disappointing in a way. Um, the last one for me that I wanted to keep an eye on was a, a woman we mentioned, a matchup we mentioned just before as well. Camilla Georgie takes on Simona Halep. Now, you would never, for me, I would never ever pick Camilla Georgie to beat Simona Halep if this was things going along the regular you know, path they would normally go on on the tennis tour. But with Simona Halep having had extended periods away and injury troubles and it's still sort of lingering around, I think it was a leg now mm. um, last mm. week. And then Camilla Georgie going and winning the Canadian Open. I mean, it, this is a, a massive danger, you know, upset brewing right now on the women's side of the draw. Have you ever had to interview uh, Camilla? No. No. Not the funnest task. <laughs> <laughs> she he runs for the hills. She doesn't like doing any interviews. It was interesting to watch her that week in Canada, just dealing with all the media stuff uh, going yeah. on, which was real foreign territory. One I wrote down, I don't, you know, it's not one that you're absolutely going to be glued to, but it, I mean, Ash has had such a great year, but she doesn't want to remember these two. Mugova yep. and Sariba's Torba. Yes. <laughs> so they're matched up in the first round. And then Raducanu, this great yeah. run at Wimbledon v. Jen, Jen Brady, Brady yeah. in the first round. Kostiuk Sakari I wrote down as well. Yep. Marta's a rising um, future star, potentially 15 years of yeah, age, made the third round of the Aussie. Had some struggles with COVID, um, yeah. trying to work her way back and find herself. I mean, one that there was huge raps on a few years ago when she qualified at the Australian Open as, what, a mm. 14 or a 15-year-old? 15. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Made the third round. Yep. All right, so there's a few matchups just to have a look at in the first round. So some ones that could have a good run. Yep. So I'll start here. And just to preface it, I mean, we go back to Aslan Karatsev, you know, semi-final one Australian Open. No one would have picked it. Davidovich Fokina gets the quarters of the French. Musetti had a great run as well, fourth round. Uh, Fuchovic makes the uh, quarterfinals of Wimbledon. Shepovalov makes the semifinals. He's... Biggest run at a major. You've got uh, Tom Nanovich and Golibic who made the quarterfinals of Wimbledon. Uh, Tamara Shedanchik, who made the semis of the French. Um, Krachikova made the final. Pavlachinkova made the final. We couldn't have picked that. Maria Sakari making the semifinals. We go back to the Australian Open where Mukova made the semifinals. Jessica Bagula, who's gone on to have a pretty consistent year, made the quarterfinals. And Jen Brady made the finals. So these are players, when you were going in, you know, forecasting predictions, you could not have picked them uh, having a deep run. So I just wrote down some names, uh, Grothy. On the men's side, Casper Rood. Nah. Now, he's building up. I know he's a clay court man. He's won a lot of titles on clay this year. <laughs> 11th seed. So at some point in that first week, he's going to come up against Davidovich for Kena. Likely third round. They had that uh, Titanic match at the yeah, French. it was massive. So I wrote down Casper Rood whose best performance has been fourth round of the AO, made the third round of the US Open last year, just to go a little bit deeper. 
The other one I've written down here is Big Riley O'Pelka. He, so he's the guy that I wrote down on the men's side. <laughs> comes off a final yep. in Canada. And it's just the guy that when you see the draw, and it was like drawing Isner in his prime, you don't want that name coming up. And he proved it by beating Sitsipas mm. and by breaking. I mean, if he's holding serve and starts swinging freely from the baseline, I mean, it's problems. He, he is problems. And you look at the draw and, and where he finds himself – and it's not the worst part of the draw to no. be in. So it could be a Musetti second round, a quarter or Baslush Philly. Yeah, and Buster. A Shepovelov, yeah, quarter on that side. So, yeah, there's a bit to play at with um, Opelka. And I, I wrote down Nakashima. You mentioned him before. Oh, I've yeah. loved his uh, his form. Second round US Open last year, Isner. So you have to get past Isner. And then he's got a Schwartzman third round. Uh, Diego is a great competitor. Um, yeah. He's had some good performances in New York, but I wrote down Nakashima as one that just might be able to have a little bit of a run. Uh, just before the break, women's side, um, Jill Teichman I wrote down. I found this a little harder on the women's side. Jill Teichman, great run to play Barty in Cincinnati. Uh, so just go through the draw and every match flip a coin, I reckon, because yeah. it, it's so hard to find. We talk about why Ash is doing so well to find consistency on the women's side of the draw. And that's why when we get to a grand slam, we throw up all these names and mm. you just don't know which one's going to stick. And that's why Ash is finding success. Danielle Collins, I wrote down as well. And do you know what? It could be a Collins-Sebalenka uh, uh, matchup. Now, Danielle Collins, I think Sebalenka's got a 2-0 and head-to-head, but these two... I mean, it's just brutal <laughs> out there. The intensity, I just want to see it. Uh, she's found a little bit of form, made the semis here a few years ago. And Camilla Giorgio wrote down as well. She can get past Hallop, maybe that confidence of winning uh, a couple of weeks ago. Big WTA 1000 might just get her to a, a better level at Grand Slam level. So anyway, we'll see what happens over the next uh, Plenty to play out. fortnight with a few names. We'll come back, look into the Aussies uh, next here on the First Serve. Better solar, better batteries. Better energy. With B Solar, you'll never have to pay another expensive electricity bill. Talk with a B Solar advisor. Visit B.Solar to learn more. GLG Greenlight Group, leaders in property services and open space management. And glgcorp.com, the first serve, your home of tennis. US Open preview tonight. Sam Groth is in the house. He's been in the main draw of the US Open. 2-14, 2-15. He's played Roger Federer on the biggest court in tennis on Arthur Ashe Stadium. And, well, we're going to kick it off, of course, uh, early tomorrow morning. Madison Keys up against uh, Sloane Stephens. We'll get to the Aussies right now because the man who's going to be kicking off the juice, so to speak, will be uh, John Millman. This is a fascinating watch at the moment just with his... Health and well-being. Johnny didn't play Winston-Salem. Little foot issue, and he's going to step out. Step, step out against that Laxon and the uh, the Swiss player. So he's out on one of the outside courts. I think court number fifteen uh, tomorrow morning. Grothy. I had a, I had a chat to Johnny just over message during the week, and he said exactly that. It's, it's hard right now. We obviously all know, you know, coming back into Australia is basically impossible. Um, you know, quarantining and all that sort of stuff, and and being on tour right now and being in the bubble situation and. His body just hasn't held up to being on the road for so long. And, and it's a week-in, week-out struggle, really, since he had that back issue where yeah. he pulled out last second at the French Open. Um, hasn't really been able to get his body going. So he's going to kick things off. But that's probably the big question around him. Is, is his body ready to go? And, you know, when you talk about Aussie men then and, and their bodies being right, Alex Dimonor, he he's also, you know, he's the highest-ranked man in the draw. He takes on Taylor Fritz. Yep. Fritz had his knee surgery uh, pre-Wimbledon, um, which was you know, incredible that he was able to get out and play, has struggled through that. But Demon sort of struggled as well on the back mm. of when he got COVID since then. He's really had a, a struggle period for me. So that's that's a big first-round matchup, not just for Alex, but for Taylor Fritz as well. It is. I mean, it could have been a bit kinder, uh, the yeah. draw in playing quarter first-round Wimbledon and then yeah. gets uh, Fritz. Although, uh, you know, Duckworth beat him a couple of weeks ago yeah. and he's really good run. At a, a Masters 1000. And then you, you're sort of looking with Demon uh, Young. Jensen Brooks, he's having a fantastic yeah. year. The young American. Uh, Miko Ema as well. He's a, he's a player on the rise. <laughs> Bit going on. <laughs> Even Tomo. Yeah. Gee, that wouldn't have uh, soothed, I reckon. No. 
That was fascinating. Yeah. Uh, then, you know, Karatsev is in that part, and then Djokovic is in that top part. I think he's just got to take it a mat. I mean, it's an old cliche, but for Demon right now, just trying to find some form. But, you know, Fritz, it's going to be tough, especially, again, Americans in New York, it's like playing an Aussie at home during the summer. You know, they go to another level yep. when they're at Flushing Meadows. All right, let's tick these off, uh, Grothy. Yep. So we'll just go. We'll, we'll, we'll keep with the men. So we've touched okay. on Millman. Uh, that's certainly very winnable. Health and fitness, we'll wait and see. Demon yep. or it's going to be an interesting first up. So Tomo. Yep. Let's have a look at his uh, first round yeah, match. Shin Luca Mugger. I, I think for Tomo, Mugger probably prefers a slower court um, left-hander. I, I think Tomo, he, he'll get through that, um, I think. I think he'd be disappointed last week where he lost to Max Purcell yep. um, in Winston-Salem. But I think it's always hard that Winston-Salem week because you've always sort of got one eye towards New York and your focus like is... like Sydney, isn't it? Yeah, years, it yeah, it's a tough one, especially because the last slam of the year, it's your last opportunity yep. to really perform. Um, James Duckworth against Pedro Martinez. I, I think Duck's on a hard court. It's winnable. Very winnable there. Yeah. Um, Alexi Popperin against Albor. It's a winnable match. Alexi finally was able to scrape some wins together. It's been a really rough run for him a little bit. Hopefully that gives him a little bit of confidence. Um, Max Purcell, the wild card, takes mm. on Yannick Sinner. I think it's a possibility of an upset yeah. for me. I think so Max is... Well, we, we wrote an article on the first seven. Jed Zitz, I think, is yeah. a chance of an upset on our website across the weekend. I mean, we're fans of what Max is doing at the moment. Yeah. Nathan Healy's done an amazing job uh, with him. And I think it, people keep calling him a double specialist. He doesn't quite love that. And I think he's right. starting to really build some confidence. And it's taken a little bit of time, but... Yeah, he, I think he's starting to really believe with some of the wins that he's been having. And then obviously the big match that I, I think a lot of people will be paying attention to is how does Nick Kyrgios show up? We always know everyone watches him. All right, he's pulled out last you. week. <laughs> he plays on a guy that if you, you haven't got all your ducks in a line, yeah. um, Roberto Bautista Agu is just a professional. He's going to yep. make you work. He's yep. got a 2-0 head-to-head against Nick at the moment. Um, I think it's a tough show for Nick. I think it's, it's, we talk about New York and how physical you have to be there. You, and he's not in the best shape right now. No, he pulled out last week. Um, yeah, but, no, he's an it's, issue. but it's also Nick Kyrgios. He could come out and serve lights out and, yeah. and get through. But you know, if he's going to, he's going to be made to work. That's for sure. Okay. So that's uh, the men we'll go. We'll, we won't forecast too far forward. Let's yeah. try and get through the first round first. So Sam Stoza up against Conovate 28th. So that's going to be tough. Yeah, really tough. I think, Conovey is one of the ones who probably thought was going to jump up a little more. She ranked 30, seeded 28. I think she's probably a lot better player than that, especially when she's playing her best tennis. Probably should be sitting a little higher in the rankings. Storm Sanders. Big year for Storm. Yep. She gets the wild card in up against Misaki Doi, fellow lefty who did yep. get to 30 in the world a few years ago yeah, now. Yeah, definitely winnable this match, though. No doubt. Yeah, for sure. And I think... Yeah, it's all about the belief. I, I think for Storm, she's getting a few of these opportunities now. Um, if she believes that her game's in the right place. I, I think she beats Masaki Doi. Ilet Tomjanovic. Now, she's had a few issues with her body the last uh, couple of weeks. So yeah. she's got uh, Katie uh, Volinets, the wild card from the United States. She's going to have a home crowd. I think it's her second main draw over there. So she'll have a bit of staunch support. Yeah, it's a very, very winnable match, though, when you're playing someone who's close to 200 in the rankings for Isla. Just hope she's right uh, physically. And yep. Astra Sharma? Comes through qualities. I, I think, look... <laughs> Krejcikova, we all thought, was going to make this great run after she wins the French Open and become a real force. Now, I'm not quite seeing that. Um, you know, maybe it, it takes time and, and the pressure of winning a slam. We, we, you know, I don't know what that pressure is like, but we saw Asher took her a little bit of time to get another one and to move, I guess, after she was able to capture the first one. Um, Asher's going to have to play really well. Krejcikova's going to be going to make it work. Both sort of all-court players. Um why not? Why not cause an upset? Right about breakfast time when you're having your Wheaties tomorrow morning. Astra will be on court. Uh, Millman out early at 1am. It'll be Duckworth, Popperin, back-to-back court 14, approximately around 2.33am. And then uh, Nick Kyrgios, around about sort of 10.30, tomorrow morning. Second match on uh, Louis Armstrong. It'll be nice and noisy out there. Working from home. It's going to pay dividends when you want to watch Nick Kyrgios. Fantastic. Uh, it'll be just a prime time over there. What's the court announcer? He loves doing a bit of prime time on Arthur Ashe. They're called Ashe, don't they? You know, yeah. Armstrong and Ashe. Yep. All right. We've done a lot on the US Open. After the break, we're going to come back. There's a few other bits and pieces we want to touch on in the world of tennis next on the first serve. Better solar, better batteries, better energy. With B-Solar, you'll never have to pay another expensive electricity bill. Talk with a B-Solar advisor. Visit b.solar to learn more. GLG Greenlight Group, leaders in property services and open space management. At glgcorp.com, the first serve, your home of tennis.
Welcome back to the First Serve. Great to have your company tonight as we preview the US Open. Sam Groth alongside myself, Brett Phillips, and a good, a good thanks to our friends at uh, Melbourne's leading synthetic grass court surface and construction specialist, Asti Tennis Courts, uh, trusted by Melbourne tennis clubs and councils. You can check out aste.com.au. The Australian Tennis Magazine is a must out by monthly, and the editor, Vivian Christie, has been good enough to join us. Viv, good evening. Good evening, Brett. Nice to talk to you. Great to have you on. Tell us about the latest edition. Well, the latest edition, uh, obviously, it's been a pretty special time in Australian tennis. So the, the latest edition includes all our Wimbledon coverage, which, of course, is uh, Ash Barty's win and Dylan Alcott's win. Uh, then uh, all the Olympics coverage as well. So, yeah, lots, lots of great content, this, this magazine. It is. Now, Viv, for those that aren't subscribed or uh, haven't picked up a copy before, let, let's direct people because uh, this is uh, this is great reading right throughout the year. If you love your tennis, it's uh, covering lots of different angles and you know, some great feature stories regularly out every uh, couple of months. Yeah, out every two months. Um, and, yeah, you can subscribe really easily just via our website at tennismag.com.au or you can pick up a copy in your newsagent. Excellent. Uh, you feeling confident about Ash Barty? Um, look, I don't want to put too much pressure on Ash, <laughs> but, yes, of course I'm feeling confident about Ash. And you probably love to be in New York like I would, uh, Viv. Yeah, it's uh, it's certainly a strange time, you know, like putting this magazine together. We would normally be over there covering the event in, in person. Yep. So, of course, we'd love to be there in person. But, um, yeah, I think access is great and we can we can still catch up with all the news. No, no problems at all. Indeed. Thank you, Viv. Uh, we'll um, certainly have a chat uh, as we go uh, closer to the Australian Open. But, yeah, subscribe to the Australian Tennis Magazine. It'll get delivered to your letterbox and uh, you won't go wrong. I really appreciate you having a chat. Thanks, Brett. Vivian Christie. Okay, a few other things to uh, just touch on. Lee Two. I need to bring this man up. Now, I caught up with him on Zoom today. The full interview is up on our website, thefirstserve.com.au. It's gone up on our social channels uh, tonight. So for those that uh, have you know, had a brain fade, so he gets the last wild card into the Australian Open this year. And there was some uh, debate and controversy around that and plenty of comment. So the last two years, Grothy, in all matches he's played, he's 74 and 8. So a bulk of UTRs. So a young man who stepped out, uh, who played Junior Davis Cup. Um, he started a professional career, got to, I think, just outside the top 1,000 at age 18, and then decided to leave the tour, came back to Adelaide, set up his own coaching business. But everyone said, uh, probably like they said to you, Grothy, going to have a second crack at this professional uh, tennis caper. So he comes back and plays all these UTRs, dominates, uh, weight of numbers, says Lee, we're going to give you a spot in the Australian Open. Lopez, four sets and stretched him to the limit, took a set off him. Let's have a quick listen to Lee too. There's a little grab of the full interview, which you can catch on our website, uh, of the journey this year. And this week, he has won in Tunisia, a 15K. So just to try and get some points, he's actually got no points. So he's gone on the road now to see if he can build his ranking. Got here two weeks ago, spent the first week training. Um, and then I was actually, I was in pre-qualifying to get into qualifying um, because I didn't have any points or or, or anything. So yeah, uh, I was in pre-qualifying. Um, yeah, and then I got through qualifying and um, and main draw. And yeah, just really stoked, honestly. I was just, I was just keen to kind of just get settled in these first couple of weeks um, and then just kind of get used to the conditions and everything. And I definitely went a lot further than I expected. So, um, yeah, really happy with that. Winning becomes a habit. I mean, you've made winning a habit the last two years, coming back to play UTRs where you've dominated. You get a wild card into the Australian Open. You play the tournament before the Australian Open. But we think back to that match against Feliciano Lopez. You took a set, took him right to the wire in, you know, four sets of great tennis, which no doubt would have given you, I imagine, a fair bit of belief to take on a guy who, you know, had got to number 12 in the world, even though he's at sort of the, you know, the twilight phase of his uh, career. Can I ask you what happened sort of beyond the Australian Open to play more UTRs and then make the call when you were going to try and get back on the road? Can you just take us through that process, how that's worked? After Australian Open, I decided to stay and play some UTRs and I was actually honestly undecided about going overseas or not and then like you know the UTRs are great I've got a lot of match play um, yeah. and, and it's really good uh, I guess money for you know all the players it, there was a few like kind of health issues with my mum and stuff so 
that was kind of holding you back from going a little bit as well. And then, yeah, I know I just had lots of discussions with my family and my coach. Yeah, decided to take the plunge and just thought that the best thing for my tennis would be just to go overseas and get that experience. Um, so, yeah, just decided to take the plunge and then head overseas. Obviously, it's been a great decision so far. So, yeah, I just thought that no matter what, like, your results-wise or anything, that I just had to go overseas and just get some experience, like, just traveling overseas because playing ETRs is great. Um, however, you kind of burst the same people honestly um but it's good kind of you know going overseas you're playing different people and you know it's all very exciting so it was definitely time for me to go overseas okay so that's lee to the full interview is up on our website and our socials you can have a, a listen to that so it's an interesting journey just to track i mean everyone over the weekend we've got a stack of feedback on our social media that uh, uh this guy will kill it he, he will he will rise to what not it's hard to predict where he'll get to, but it's an interesting one to follow. Yeah, I, I think it's it's a it's a weird one for me listening to that because obviously you know great story coming back and you're very relatable for me. But you get the opportunity in the Australian Open, obviously comes with a level of pressure, and there was a lot of speculation yep. around whether he should have received that. I think on the back of that, to decide and not to go play overseas, a lot of people will question why this guy got a wild card into the biggest event in the world and hasn't been prepared to go play overseas until August. Now we're talking, what, six odd months he decides to sit at home and keep playing smaller events. I mean, surely if you're getting wild cards into the world's biggest tournament or one mm. of the four biggest tournaments, yep. you should be then on a plane very, very soon after. You've been basically funded by Tennis Australia through your wild card to yep. go play the rest of the year. I mean, that's probably my question. I think it probably adds a lot of pressure to him now as he goes back out on, goes back out on tour. Yeah, it just depends which lens you look at it, but uh, you yeah, totally take that into account. Uh, as we come up to the end of our show, Shout out to uh, Heath Davidson and Dylan Orcott. So they'll be in the quad gold medal playoff match. They're playing singles uh, as we speak, uh, quarterfinals of their quad singles tonight. So we'll keep an eye on that, keep an eye on our socials. Shout out for Olivia Kadecki. I mean, she's yeah. got David Taylor, who coached Sam Stozer a decade ago to win the US Open. I and mean, she's 44 and 17 this year, won her first 25K in Spain. I mean, there's good discussion around. Her potential, what it gets to, Grothy, we don't know, but she's got a good coach in her corner. Yeah, and that certainly helps. Having the right people, we know Dave's taking a, a lot of women, you know, in terms of Alicia Mollick, Sam Stozer, Australian yep. women, you know, high up the rankings. I mean, great from Olivia. And Jeremy Beale, Tom Faircut, they've won 26 <laughs> matches in uh, succession, although Tom's taking off for the US now to go and try and play some challenges. Yep. We spoke to him about eight or nine weeks ago. This is the, the tough part. Down at the ITS, Jeremy Beale, because he's got no ranking, he had to start all over again. He's pretty much sort of stuck there. He can't sort of go to that next level. But uh, I, I love a good story of players rising, and um, it's a fair uh, winning streak that we've just got to at least uh, uh, certainly acknowledge on uh, this show. So uh, that is just about us done. You can shop at Tennis Direct, tennisdirect.com.au. Use that promo code FIRSTSERVE10. You won't go wrong. Thank you, big man. We'll see you next done. week. Home to the Twins. US Open starts tomorrow. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.